Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Once you get hooked on the Word of God, once Jesus gets His hooks into you, He gives you something that we all need for today and we all need for tomorrow. He gives us a new past. People say, oh, you can't change the past. You know what, man? Jesus can change the past. Jesus can wipe it all away. Jesus can make it new. And when the past is wiped away, when you're made new, Today is new. The more time we spend reading the Bible and praying, the more we will learn about Jesus, the person who came to earth, lived a perfect life, and then died on a cross so that we wouldn't have to be punished for our sins. What does that mean? When we die, we will have to face everything we did wrong in this life. Every mistake we made, no matter the size, will come up for review. If we accept Jesus' sacrifice for us, Pastor Jim tells us today that we don't have to worry about it. Jesus already took care of every sin. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 1 Peter with part three of his message entitled, A Loving and Growing Community. Now, sometimes people ask me about you guys. And people tell me like, oh, you're a pastor of a church. What are the people in your church like? And so I tell them our church is kind of an interesting combination of people. A lot of the people that go here, you may not even know this, a lot of the people here are new Christians. They weren't brought up with anything and they just came and they heard about Jesus. They trusted him and now they're like, man, I'm so different. I'm so different. What happened to me? I've had people come up to me like, you know, when I came here, I was a liar, a cheater, and a thief, and, and uh, you know, I, I was a womanizer, and I was doing drugs, and I was, you know, doing this and doing that, and, and now you know, I don't do any of that stuff anymore, and I, and I read my Bible, and I pray, and I'm serving God, and I can't wait for church on Sunday morning. They're like, Pastor Jim, am I Christian? I'm like, you might be, rabbit, you might be, okay? And so, so there's that group of people right? There's other people that they come here and they thought they were Christian. That's a large segment of the people here. They're like, I thought I was Christian. I mean, I, every time I filled out and went to the hospital or on something, religious affiliation, Christian I put. And then I came here and I realized I wasn't Christian. I wasn't Christian. That's a lot of the people who go here. There's a portion of people here who are what I call the church drama refugees. They went to a church that just thought that their Bible verse didn't say laying aside in verse, chapter 2, verse 1, it said, therefore, you know, ramp up the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy, the envy, and the evil speaking. And so they've come here and they're like, I'm a refugee, man. I just can't, I just can't deal with that anymore. Uh, we are getting increasingly now people who are saying, my church used to teach the Bible and no longer teaches the Bible, and I'm looking for a place that's teaching the Bible. That's a big group too. And then there's a group that they're getting smaller, but they're, they're, listen, if you're in them, I still love you, man. They're just here for the free coffee and bagels. I mean, they just that's what they're that's what they're here for and some of them even come to service after service like they'll show up here you know after this service and they'll be like hey you know there's extra coffee I'm you know can I take some home but interestingly enough today the large impersonal non-bible teaching churches are by far the fastest growing in the United States of America by far now you say well no I, I went to one of those and 
they actually, they were using the Bible. Yeah, they, using the Bible and teaching the Bible are two different things. Do you understand that? Y- using the Bible is I have this idea that I want to teach you about, and then I get a few Bible verses that sort of make my point, and then, you know, we, we go on our own merry way. Teaching the Bible is one verse at a time, just going through it and going through it and, and seeing what God wants to bring to his people. So fast-growing group. But even a quick reading of the Bible, it's easy enough to see that God wants love and maturity among his people. Not anonymity and immaturity. And sometimes people say like, you know, I don't want to go to church because this is, you know, this is there's something going on, man. There's people and I don't like the way it was treated or something like that or something like that. But if we are to grow in grace, There's just certain things that the Lord has to prune away from all of us. And God often uses his word and conflict and correction to reveal the things that he wants to correct in us. Now, in in Bible Bible students, you might want to note that in other contexts of the Bible, milk is used for immaturity. Now, these are illustrations, so you have to look at the context of the illustration. So when the Bible writer says, listen, man, uh, by this time you should be devouring meat. You should be a carnivore of God's word. And if you've been a Christian a long time, you should be a carnivore of God's word. And if you're not, it's okay. We'll get you there. I promise that to you. We'll, we'll get you there if you're willing to give in to the desire to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, the, the Bible writers say, listen, man, you should be eating meat, but you're still drinking milk. And, but that's not the case here. But in regards to those other cases, meat versus milk, that's why we strive here at this church to serve meat. To serve meat. The cafe, free bagels, free coffee. This room, meat. We serve meat for men, right? We serve meat. And for women too, ladies. Sorry, I don't want to get in trouble. All, right. All the ladies are like, do we have to leave? Okay. So here, this use of milk has to do with the desire for the Word of God. Like a newborn babe desires the milk of its mama, that's the desire that we are to have for the Word of God. So the early church was basically a house Bible teaching ministry. But what happens when people lose their desire for the Word of God? Well, one group goes over to the sacrament ministry, right? We'll do some other stuff that'll make us, instead of the sacraments being something that points us to Jesus, we'll use the sacraments as a substitute for the word of God. Other people go to the social gospel. Well, we're kind of bored with the Bible. What we'll do is we'll go out and do good things. We'll hand out granola bars, and and Jesus will be so happy that we're handing people granola bars. There's nothing wrong with giving people granola bars. If you got one, give me one. I'll take one, right? Okay, but seriously, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. Or the social club church. We're just going to have so many events. We're going to have everybody out of the house every night of the week just being social and exhausted, right? Because all we're going to do is we're just going to have fun all the time. No, no, Peter's talking about a sincere, heartfelt desire for the Word of God, which, by the way, in their day, was the Old Testament. That was the Word that they were studying. And so no matter how long you have been a Christian... You need the pure milk of the word. Just like it's necessary for a baby to grow and to mature, it's necessary for all of us to grow and mature. And that will never change, loved ones. 
but it's changing right before our eyes in the very church of America that we find ourselves in. The milk, that a mama's milk, is not to be watered down, is it? But there are so many people right now that are out there watering down the Word of God. Do you know there's something called the church growth movement, which definitely has the biggest attending churches right now? They seem to be ruling the roost if you want to look, if you want to just forget faithfulness and talk about sheer numbers. Do you know what one of their mantras is? Teach the congregation like everybody's a teenager. Listen, I own a teenager. I got one of them, right? <laughs> and I don't want him to be a teenager the rest of his life. I want him to be mature. And I don't know about you, but I am personally insulted that a pastor would get up and teach me like I'm a teenager, like I'm some you know, newborn. I think the power of the word of God is it's able to teach the teenagers, the brand new Christian, the person who's just interested in the things of God, and the Christian who's 50 years in the Lord, 80 years in the Lord at the same time because that's the power of God's word. We're not to dilute it. God doesn't want sunny delight Christians. Sunny delight is not orange juice. It's sugar and water. It's terrible. We're not to add to it. We're not to add it. There are so many people adding to the word of God today and then writing books, exporting this stuff to the rest of the world, and it's just ridiculous. This whole prosperity movement thing, I'll try to contain myself. I did not in the last service. You can ask them for a copy of it. I was really heated about it in the last service. I'm trying to calm down. I'm trying to calm down. Okay, but man, man, to tell people who are sick that they're sick because they don't have enough faith? You want to talk about stomping on somebody's soul. To tell people who are poor, who are out there knocking their head every day to put food on their table for their family, that they're poor because they don't have enough faith? That is cruel. That is absolutely cruel. Why in the world do we need to add to the word of God when it's taken us about 15 years to go through the whole thing and then if you guys love me enough, you'll give me a second chance to do it right the second time? Man, about how many people just, they just neglected. They just neglected. Again, the sacraments, the social agenda, the club mentality, they neglected. And what happens to the milk? It sits in the corner. What happens to milk that sits in the corner long enough? It spoils. And nobody has a taste for it anymore. It's terrible. The Lord saves us and grows us through the word of God. The word of God is reasonable. It is rational. It is powerful. And we grow as we are grown by the word of God. Friends, I hope we understand that each week in this church, our Heavenly Father invites us to sit with Him for a meal of the Word of God. Not just because it's good for us, but because He makes His people hungry. And we should be hungry. Growth and godliness is a high priority in the Word of God. And hunger for the Word of God is evidence that you have been truly born again. And a lack of hunger. I don't say this to condemn anyone. I say this to you to search your heart and your soul. A lack of hunger 
shows you that something is really wrong, that something's not right. You know, it may surprise you. I have a special place in my heart for some of the people of this church. I try my best to love everybody. I'm overwhelmed by the demands, trust me. But I have a real love in my heart for the people that have come here with various addictions and are honest enough to admit that they have a problem. I have a real place in my heart for people who come here with really bad pasts and are honest enough to admit that that past has a hold on them. You say, why do you have such a special place in your heart for such people, Pastor Jim? Because I know when your heart is filled with the love of God brought to you through the word of God, you can actually be who God created you to be. Because I know from personal experience, once you get hooked on the word of God, once Jesus gets his hooks into you, he gives you something that we all need for today and we all need for tomorrow. He gives us a new past. People say, oh, you can't change the past. You know what, man? Jesus can change the past. Jesus can wipe it all away. Jesus can make it new. And when the past is wiped away, when you're made new, today is new. And the future is new. And it's bright. And it's so different. You know, when I was, when I was young, I always felt good. The world seemed to be my oyster. And now I'm older. And instead of looking for what hurts, I look for the parts of my body that don't hurt. <laughs> and my life is one problem after another. And I'm so excited about the future. I'm so excited. But that's only possible if verse 3 is your reality. We'll try and hurry it up here. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Some versions say if you've tasted that the Lord is good. Now here's the thing. It's hard to tell. He's like, what does it mean to taste that the Lord is good? There's just certain things are hard to describe, right? You know, you're just like, oh, you got to taste it for yourself, right? That's the way we talk sometimes. So you've got to come to the word of God. You've got to come to the cross. A church that is pleasing in God's eyes is a word-teaching church. It is a loving church. It is a growing church in, in terms of we're growing in our walk. It is obeying because as we come to the word of God, we come to God and God comes to us. It is the word of the Lord that brings us closer to Jesus. Now, there's a big movement out there today that wants to separate Jesus from the word of the Lord. Be very careful of such people. Be very careful. I understand their intention. I think their intentions are good. Uh, some of them have either, were either brought up in rules-based Christianity or, or they've exaggerated rules-based Christianity. What does that mean? Does that mean the, the, this service, what time does this service start? See, I don't even know, 11. Does that mean like the 11 o'clock service starts at 11? Is that a rule? No, it's not a rule. That's just what time it starts. We're Americans. We're sensitive of time. 
No, a rule is to say that you have to wear your hair a certain way or you have to dress a certain way or you have to do certain things to be a Christian. That's rule-based Christianity. And man, I understand it's getting rarer in our days. It's good riddance to it, actually. And I realize that that kills joy. I realize that that kills grace. But those who want to separate Jesus from the Bible actually want to remove holiness from the church. And if we remove, remember God said last week, be holy as I am holy. Rules will kill joy, but a lack of holiness in God's people will kill the church because they will look at us and they will go, they are hypocrites all the time. There's humanity and there is just blatant, flagrant hypocrisy. And that's what they are. But it's the church that loves and grows. It's the church that loves and learns. It's the church that works through their humanity together that will taste, that will experience at a heart level the goodness and kindness of the Lord. And that's the church that will see true converts. Not a bunch of people just showing up in a building, but people who are dramatically changed by the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, Peter is not calling us here to good deeds and moralism, although that is important, but he's calling us to meet Jesus Christ in the word of God and that God would give us an insatiable, deep desire for more. Peter's actually quoting King David. King David said in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, Peter left out the second half where David says, Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Now, you say, oh, oh, he missed half the verse. The Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I realize it may seem odd to you that a book would be described as God's living word. That a book and the contents of the book would claim to be what God uses to awaken your spirit, to bring you this new life and to bear fruit, to make productive this new life both now and for all eternity. Last Wednesday, we finished our studies in the temple, the first temple that was built. And I had said to the people that one of the problems was that, the, that this group of people hid behind the temple as a rabbit's foot. They thought because they had the temple that no one could ever touch them. But they lost their heart for God and the Babylonians came in. Maybe you're here today and church has been a rabbit's foot for you. You figure, well, I, I go to church. That, that means I'm lucky, right? Maybe your good deeds or some sacraments that you made Maybe even Bible reading or prayer has been like a good luck charm to you. No, these things are the means of grace that God uses to give us more grace. Because there's some really bad news in the gospel. It's contained right in verse 1. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. That describes us, doesn't it? Interesting, the Bible says if you have failed once, 
you have totally failed. Some of you students can't stand your teachers. They grade on a curve. You got a 92 and you ended up with a B. You think that's not fair. God says, I set the standard for heaven and the standard is 100. Every day, every way, you have to get 100. But the good news is that he became a man, like we said. And Jesus got 100 every day and he died on the cross for sinners. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who trusts in him. Most versions actually say, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him because they will enter the kingdom of God. Sometimes people ask me why I left the business world and I now am a preacher of the gospel. It's, it's not something that everybody should do. It's a, it's a calling. The worst is to try and do it without a calling. <laughs> I'm glad that the Apostle Paul answered the question for me, Romans 1.16. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For who? For everyone who believes. He says, For the Jew first, which is the God who came to that group first, and for the Greek. So why do I preach the gospel every week? Because you never know who's going to believe it. You never know who God's going to call. Remember I've told you before, the girl brought me to church because her family made her, told me that she dated me because I was the most unlikely guy she knew that would ever become a Christian. I mean, could you just imagine heaven? Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> you never know who's going to hear the call of God and put their trust in Jesus. Later in the letter, the Apostle Paul says, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does he mean by faith? Soul-saving faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Friend, have you heard? Have you heard the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you the blessed man? Are you the blessed woman who's put their trust and taken refuge in the Lord. Man, we are all like the grass and the flowers. As we were talking about how you've changed since you've become a Christian, I was amazed to hear many people said that they were no longer afraid of dying. I actually never thought of dying, right? But they were no longer afraid of dying. And guess what? If the Lord doesn't return in your lifetime, you're going to die. You're going to die. And all your accomplishments, all that you've done, are going to die. Even your inheritance that you leave to people, the Bible says they're just going to what? Spend it. <laughs> and it's going to die. But all those who turn to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul used the word, everyone. Jesus used the word whoever. Whoever turns to God and puts their trust in Jesus Christ will have the forgiveness of sins and will have eternal life and the warm welcome of heaven will await you. 
I pray if you're not a Christian, you will turn to God and put your trust in Jesus Christ. And heaven will rejoice today and gladly wait to meet you in heaven. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website, changedbyloveradio.com? That's changedbyloveradio.com. Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching from the book of 1 Peter with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.